0: Okay. Hi, everyone. It's really, really great to see you this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I have really found it helpful. I've really loved um, looking at hunger for God over the last three or four weeks. It's been so, so helpful. Um, and I feel more of a sense of hunger in my life. And in our prayer meetings, on our seven o'clock Zoom meetings, There's been it just feels like there's a building hunger for God. And the f- last time I spoke, I disclosed something. I I revealed that my family used to be pirates in Guernsey, okay, or privateers, as they were called. So I just want to carry on carry on, on that theme. Um, so I'm going to show a little film, a little clip of a series that me and my kids have been watching, because I've been training them in our family, family ways. So here's just a little clip of a series that I've been watching on Netflix, so, in this series it 's all built on this one thing that the town this little island is in massive trouble economically financially they can 't carry on there 's like forty families who live there, and they can 't live there anymore because nobody 's got any money to do to maintain anything. So, the mayor comes up with this idea of finding the pirate gold, which they think was hidden over one hundred years ago, and finding this gold is the only way to secure their survival, to, to, to turn this island around. And I think, you know, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is all about finding treasure, digging and finding treasure, seeking, knocking, asking. What would you say this morning is the, the greatest treasure you've ever, ever received in your life? And we would all know it is our what we call our salvation, being saved, becoming children of God. We've already obtained that. We've been given it, full stop. But the second one that the Bible talks about again and again, the whole way through the Bible, what would you say is the second most important treasure you could ever, ever search for? The treasure that God has charged us to spend our lives searching for and asking for. What would you say it is? Friends. Friends. Sorry, Paul. Grace. (laughs) No, just joking. Grace. These are all really good answers. But now I want to argue from the Bible, they're all totally right. There's no wrong answers. But the anointing of God, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what this is because it's a funny word, but it is all the way through the whole Bible, all from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the anointing of God is the most powerful, the, most great, the greatest treasure, most important treasure that we can search for, that we need to search for. Because just like Adak Island, our borough, our city, our nation, is in massive trouble. People dying all the time, and many of them don't know Jesus. And we desperately need God's anointing on our lives, just like Jesus did, so that when we talk to our neighbors, it makes a difference. And that is the treasure. That is the beautiful treasure. God has, God has designed an anointing for each person in this room. He's got an anointing for you. Some people are anointed to build a business, to lead a business, and to honor God, and to, to serve the employees, and to bring the kingdom of God. Some people, God's got an anointing to be an amazing mum or an amazing dad. To be a next-door neighbor. I felt God saying this as I was preparing. He wants us to be more anointed to be next-door neighbors. So that when we finish being neighbors to those people, it wouldn't have just, that we were just good people, but actually the anointing of God was resting upon us so that our words had some power. So that even when you help someone with their bin or whatever it is, it's, it's not just an act of kindness. There's actually power upon it that makes them stop and think. Wow, I need to get right with God before I die. That's what the anointing of God, and there's an anointing that is unique for you. And one of the most important things the Bible teaches in our lives, is we have to dig, we need to ask God, God, what's my anointing? What do you want? Because actually for each one of us, it will look totally different. And I mustn't long for someone else's anointing. Yours is beautiful and unique just for you but the important thing is we need it to be fresh we need it's like that manna in the desert in the wilderness in the old testament it's each day they needed to seek God afresh so let's look quickly at this passage an amazing passage jesus in luke 4 jesus had recently started his ministry he just started his ministry He'd recently been baptized in the river. He came up out of the river. He'd never done any miracles. And then this dove came down upon him. And there was a voice from heaven. And that was representing the Holy Spirit coming upon him. Then the Spirit took him into the wilderness, to the desert. He fasted and prayed for 40 days. And then he came out of the desert and everything changed from that moment His whole life was just oozing, overflowing with miracles. Wherever he went, suddenly the crowds were fixated upon him. Suddenly, wherever he went, people were talking about him, crowding after him. Why? Because he had found the treasure. When he got baptized and when he was in the wilderness, he was digging. He was finding the treasure. He was receiving the fresh anointing of the Spirit upon him. And so in this passage... That Monica read out. Jesus went into the synagogue. And he stood up. And he opened the scroll. And amazingly it happened to be at the part. Which is declaring. I have found the treasure. I've found the treasure that this town desperately needs. The one hope. The one hope for this town. I've found it. He says. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Oh, thanks Graham. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Send me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners. See, this is what we so desperately need for our neighbors, for our friends, for our families, for our workplaces. We need the anointing. And wherever Jesus went, people were struck with awe at him. Why? Because he was God. Well, no, Philippians tells us Jesus didn't actually do his miracles from his divine position. He says he chose to empty himself, he chose to lay down. Even though he was fully God, he chose, look, I'm not going to use my godly power, my divine power. I'm going I'm to rely on the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that I can teach Christians how to live a life that will change the world. He modeled to us how to be a Christian Christian. And then he said, guys, when you start the church, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait until this anointing comes upon you. Don't do anything. You won't be able to talk to your neighbor. You won't be able to invite anyone to Alpha. Wait until the anointing comes upon you. So what is this weird thing, the anointing? Well, it literally just means to smear or to rub oil on somebody. And the anointing in the Bible is the Holy Spirit himself. So in the Old Testament, when they would get someone like, it's all the way through the Old Testament, they would anoint temples, tabernacles, people. Remember little King, little David, the shepherd boy, just a normal shepherd boy. And when Samuel came and tipped a flask of oil over his head, that was representing the Holy Spirit resting upon him so that his gifts would suddenly work effortlessly, easily. Without the anointing, he wouldn't have been able to do that. Suddenly, he becomes the boy who stands up to the mighty giant, Goliath. You come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he ends up hacking, cutting his head off with Goliath's own sword. How does that happen? It's the anointing of God resting upon a little boy. How do we see our neighbors influenced and our friends come to Jesus? Or are just looking at Kay at the back, they're running this amazing charity called Renew. How is she going to see people saved um, and come out of poverty? It's the anointing of God on Kay. She's anointed. And God has designed that anointing just for her, no one else, just for her. And we want to We want to ask God for more and more upon her to do that. But each one of us has our own anointing. And then in the New Testament, we see it all the way through. You see, remember Peter, just seven weeks after he denied Jesus to the servant girl. Suddenly, he was a complete coward. Then the the oil of the Spirit, the anointing comes upon him. He stands up in front of the same crowds that were crucifying Jesus. And he just comes out with it. He starts preaching, I believe Jesus is God. He's the Messiah. And 3,000 people become Christians. Why? Is it because he was a great speaker? No, it was a rubbish. Ser- if you look at the, pre- the sermon in Acts, it was, there was nothing really impressive about it. But the oil, the anointing of, of God was upon that man. And suddenly there were results. Lives changed. He had found the treasure that those people needed. Will we find the treasure today? Um, Another story. Stephen, remember the first martyr, when they were questioning him and grilling him, these religious leaders said they could not stand up against his wisdom. And that was the anointing. And then even as they stoned him, his face shone. That was the anointing. I'll tell you my anointing, okay? My anointing in life is this. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Pat looks horrified. I <laughs> don't know why, but. <laughs> um, my anointing is finding things out on the road. I know it sounds funny, but if Michelle ever says, James, I need this. I need a certain car seat, or I need, need this, or some... Uh, I, anything at all. I'll go out on the road and it will be there. It is the weirdest thing. But it, and everyone knows it. Who knows me. It is a grace on my life. It's an anointing on my life. It's amazing. Andy has got a much more amazing anointing. I'm not saying this to embarrass him. He'll hate me saying this. But this is true. I'm just using this as an example. Honestly, if I did Andy's job for one month or one week, I would die. Honestly, he at the pace he goes, the meetings he leads, PCC meetings and all these amazing things, just effortlessly, or he makes it look effortless. And he sorry, and it's really annoying but he never burns out, he never wears out. He carries on at such a pace. Why? How can he do that? I, I have no idea apart from, I know it's the anointing of God for his role. He is anointed for that role. I could never do that. Probably nobody in this room could do that because he is anointed for this role and he does it effortlessly in a way. Well, it looks like that anyway. (laughs) See, when we step out of our anointing, when we start doing things that we're not anointed to do, you know because you get fatigue, you get burnt out, you get exhausted, you get so frustrated, you lose all hope. That's because we're stepping out of something, we're just not acting in our anointing. But God wants us to firstly figure out, God, what's my anointing for? Maybe it's for, yeah, sharing, being a blessing to my neighbors, being a good mom, being a good dad, whatever. And then ask him, God, would you give me more? Would you? And when he gives you more, he will channel it uniquely for you. So for Kay, it will be he will channel it into her work with Renew. For Meg, he will channel it for her family, for her daughters. He will channel it for whatever, for her singing, whatever it is. For chatting to people out on the streets on Saturday at the circle. He will channel it, but we need to ask for more. Now, I just want to finish by just telling a quick story. Now, this is is one of my favorite books that I've reread a couple of times for the last 10 years. Um, is written by probably one of the greatest bishops ever, Athanasius, in the 4th century. He was an incredible bishop, that's another story. He's written this book about one of his best friend, probably his best friend, a guy called Antony, we know him as Antony the Great. So, Graham, if you could put the slide up. Antony the Great, Um, he was a man... He became a Christian. He decided to give his wealth away to the poor. He put his sister in a convent because his parents died. He decided, I am gonna find the treasure. Because when he became a Christian, he was so frustrated with Western, with, with sorry, with the city he was living in. Because Christianity was the state religion. Everyone was a Christian, but it was really lukewarm. So he decided, right, I'm gonna go out of the city and I'm gonna live on my own. And often we really criticize this, I've really criticized this, thinking, why is he going away from people? You're meant to be with people, evangelizing. But Anthony went out of the city and firstly for ten years lived on the edge of the, the village in, in the tombs where he just which is the weirdest place to live. Also, he was a very odd guy. He, he would never wash his feet his whole life until he was 106. Never washed his feet. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but he went and lived first in the tombs, and he just sought God. He knew that that was a place full of evil, and he wanted to defeat darkness and seek God. So after 10, 15 years of being in the tombs, he went and he found out in the desert an old Roman fort that was just dilapidated. He went in it, and he barricaded the door. And this book is all about his life and then how he managed to find the anointing of God and about all the miracles and incredible revivals that happened after he'd found the anointing of God. But for 20 years, he sat in this fort. There was amazingly water in there and a friend would chuck bread over the wall of the fort, like twice a year or something, (laughs) And he would just sit in this fort and he would pray. He would seek the Lord. And thousands of people would walk for hours out into the desert just to be near that fort. If you were near that fort, you would get healed or you would get free from demonic oppression. Um, And often when pilgrims would go there, they would hear fighting inside like swords clashing on shields, iron clashing. What's going on? And they would look through a crack or they would peep over a wall. And Anthony, all that was happening, he was praying. He was praying. Um, But the demonic forces that he was wrestling against were making these noises of like armies fighting. It was so powerful. After 20 years, his friends and the other bishops and leaders, they got so frustrated. Anthony, we want to see you. So they went there. They bashed the door down. And for the first time in 20 years, he came out. And Athanasius writes, he came out of this old fort like someone coming out of a shrine. He was shining. And he happily came out in the end. And they took him into the city. And they said every one day that he would ever go to the city would be more fruitful than a whole year, a whole year's worth of the church laboring in that city, a whole year of the church He would, everywhere where he went, people would bring children with demons. He would set them free. People would be healed. It was just utterly glorious. And then he found a mountain. God led him to a mountain. And for the next 50 years or so, he lived in this mountain. And thousands of people would make this perilous journey out into the desert to seek out Antony. And they would get healed. And it was just wonderful I'll just read you a little bit from this book about his life. Um, he lent his support to victims of injustice so avidly that it was possible to think that he, not others, so this was written in the 4th century, <laughs> this is fascinating, was the injured party. Again, he was so competent at bringing benefit to everyone that mel- many people in military service and many of the prosperous of the city laid aside the burdens of life and became monks from that point on. It was as if he, was a, he were a physician given to Egypt by God. For who went to him grieving and did not return rejoicing? Who went in lamentation over his dead and did not immediately put aside his sorrow? Who visited while angered and was not changed to affliction? What poor person met him in exhaustion who did not, after hearing and seeing him, despise wealth and console himself in his poverty? What monk coming to him in discouragement did not become all the stronger? What young man coming to the mountain and looking at Antony did not at once renounce pleasures and love moderation? Who came to him tempted by a demon and and did not gain relief? And who came to him distressed in his thoughts And did not find his mind calmed. This man had truly found the treasure, Anthony. And he transformed lives wherever he went. He could never read or write. He was just an old man with stinking feet. (laughs) But he had found the treasure. In my life, I want to find the treasure (laughs) Now, we've all found the treasure in s- to some degree. We are all anointed for something, but you know there is so much more. Christ, you know Christ wasn't Jesus' surname. Christ just means "anointed one." He was anointed in Greek and in Hebrew. Mes- um, Messiah means "anointed one." He was the anointed one. We are Christians. We are many anointed ones. He wants us to be anointed. God has chosen us to be anointed. So I would love just to pray for us as we finish. Because when Jesus stood up in that synagogue and read Isaiah 61, that now is for you and for me. He was just demonstrating this is what it's like now to be a Christian. So I'd love us just to stand together for a moment and I'll read out this little verse. So if you stand and close your eyes and we'll pray together. And I'd love this to be yours, this verse in Isaiah 61. Okay, let's pray together. Father, thank you that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Father, we know to do that, we need the oil, the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are the anointing. So I just ask for every person here who's hungry, would you give them more? And if you feel hungry for God, just tell him, say, God, I really want more of you more of you. More of you. And the anointing will make your gifts work easily. They will make your gifts work easily. So Lord, come and fill us with more of you. Come and rest upon us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Amen. Amen.